Welcome to the Grace at Last podcast. Here we hope you find freedom from religion and traditions passed down by man that God never intended for us to struggle with. Let's quit looking around us and begin to look within at God in us and realize all we need is already there. Together, guided by the Holy Spirit, let's learn what God really thinks of us and discover what is pleasing to Him. I think we're going to find out it's a whole lot easier than what we thought. Hi, Corrine here for episode 23 of our Grace at Last podcast. In our last episode, episode 22, we had the pleasure of chatting with Mike Adams from the Unsunday Show and the Grace Cafe podcast. It was such a privilege to have Mike as our first guest on the Grace at Last podcast, and I really hope to have him on again soon. And in our discussion, we talked about some church history and where some of our traditions started. And if you've ever wondered if God is expecting you to do all that you're doing, or maybe he's expecting you to do some things that you're not doing, well, you're going to want to go back and listen to episode 22 with Mike Adams. Today, I want to talk about the importance of renewing a depressed mind to believe truth and reject the lies that bring on depression and anxiety. You know, more and more people, even Christians, are turning to secular psychiatrists and counselors, medication, psychology, looking for answers. Some think religion is the answer to their emptiness because, you know, people have always chased after freedom and happiness and Some have turned to marriage and family. Some turned to friends. Attention through social media, education, financial success, their career. The list goes on. Thinking that this is going to bring them the happiness that they desperately desire. Well, many have accomplished those things only to find out they still have the emptiness. And it won't go away. And it can become so disappointing like what's left to do. It can be a pathway of discouragement that leads to depression. And once we've become depressed, we have to climb out of that pit, but we can. We just need to trust God and he'll help us. You know, we all have problems in this life and we all need answers. And the question is, where am I going to go? Where am I going to go for the answers that I need? We all have many options, especially in America. You know, America and commercials and advertisements and products, they will promise a million ways to help you find peace and joy. The reality is, those are fruits of the Spirit. And the world can promise, but the world can't deliver. Again, peace and joy, that's two of the nine fruits of the Spirit. I think there's nine, love, joy, peace. There they are, joy and peace. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. We all need to make a decision of who and what we're going to trust when it comes to life's issues. Whether it's parenting, marriage, money, our aging parents, our health, numerous other issues that we face. We need wisdom and we need help to these questions that we have, don't we? In our modern day psychology has infiltrated the church in the perspective. The Christian counseling can, again, include this psychology that comes from the world and holds a view that man is responsible to meet his own needs and to navigate his own life. Whether it's Sigmund Freud or Skinner or any other modern-day psychologist, 
They all have different opinions about why we're like we are, but all of them combine their theory with mind-altering drugs for the answers to man's problem. And like I said, it has penetrated the church, and we just accept it without even realizing that it is the wisdom of the world. And if it's not rooted in Christ, it is not of God. Some people think church has their answers and that maybe the messages are going to help straighten out my life. Many believe in evolution and that we came from nowhere and that we're going nowhere. And it's all about this life, so live it up for tomorrow we may die kind of an attitude. It's such a deception and it's what the schools are teaching our children and it begins at such a young age. And missing the very purpose that we exist, well, it's devastating. We were created with the intention of being one with God, having a personal relationship with Him through His Spirit, all because of what Christ has done. Missing the meaning to life can lead to depression. And even if we don't believe in modern-day psychology or theories of evolution, we can still live outside of the promises of God, even if we are people of faith. How about you? Are you struggling with thoughts and emotions that are keeping you from experiencing the promises of God? Has it left you confused as to why you see all of this incredible power and promises available to God's people, and yet you don't see any of it in your life? Or maybe you've become so comfortable with depression. Sometimes we can become so accustomed to those feelings that we forget that it's not the way that it's supposed to be. It doesn't have to be that way. Sometimes depression can kind of be convenient if we want to get out of something. Let's be honest. We don't want to do something. We can use it as a get-out-of-jail-free card. We don't have to go. We don't have to show up. We don't have to do our part. It's a plan of escape sometimes. We just want to be lazy at other times. I don't know. We just need to fill in the blanks for ourselves and say, have I become comfortable with my depression? Makes me think of what Jesus said in John 5, 6, and he saw the man laying there, and he said that he had been there in that condition for a long time, and he asked the man, do you want to get well? And if you're struggling with depression or any other mental illness, air quote, unquote, I guess, because mental illness is understood differently by different people, but if you're struggling with depression, you have to first be honest with yourself and ask yourself that question. Let Jesus ask you the question as well. Do you want to get well? Has depression become convenient in many ways and kind of become your friend? If deep down you don't really want to get well, succeeding is going to be almost impossible. I looked at Webster's definition of depression and it said it's a mood disorder that is marked by varying degrees of sadness, despair, and loneliness, and that is typically accompanied by inactivity, guilt, loss of concentration, social withdrawal, sleep disturbances, and sometimes suicidal tendencies. Again, that was Webster's definition for depression. And I said it before, and I want to say it again. It doesn't have to be that way. If your mind is in a depressed state, renewing it is going to be critical. 
And the reason that it's critical that we renew our minds is because depression begins in the mind. It travels to our emotions and our will, but it begins in our mind. We have faulty thinking patterns, and unless we develop new thinking patterns, we're going to revert back to old thoughts and not even realize that it's happening. We need to ask ourselves who and what we are angry at and why. We sometimes have expectations of people that are completely unrealistic, and then we get angry when it doesn't work out. I did that for years. I had expectations of others that didn't even coincide with their personality or their path. I thought all Christians had to be doing these certain activities, these religious activities, and that that would show that they're really Christians. They had to have church attendance. They had to, well, you know, the list. Unrealistic. Then I would respond in anger. Over time, I let the anger build up. And when a person chooses to respond in anger, it can be the beginning of a downward spiral to depression. And we start looking for answers, don't we? The problem I had was I was only trying to find my answers in religion. And I thought if we could just straighten up that everything would be okay. But that is such a deception because that kind of peace only comes through trusting God. It can never come through religion. The kind of peace that I'm talking about. We may turn to the how-to books that are lying in the shelves and think we can figure out the formula. And if we do, that we can have those promises in the Bible that talks about protection in our battles, power of the Holy Spirit, the ability to forgive so God will forgive me, teach me how to pray, usually with a formula. Have you heard of the Acts? Adoration for A confession for C, thanksgiving for T, and supplication for S. Come to God with a formula. Make sure you tell him how wonderful you are. Confess your sins, right? Tell him, thank you for all my blessings, and then give him your list. Such formulas that we're being taught in the church. Teach me how to love, right? You get the picture. Going to books and speakers and programs and church, it's not the answer to our problems. Jesus is. Having realistic expectations can change our lives. And when we renew our minds, we're transformed, we're changed. Don't you want to let people go and release them to be who God created them to be? Shouldn't we quit trying to control everyone and everything? Understanding our emotions and where they get their information can be so helpful. Emotions are intended to respond to our thoughts. Did you hear me? I want to say it again. Emotions, where depression, the sadness, and the anger, emotions are intended to respond to our thoughts. And we may think there's something wrong with our emotions. That's not true. They're working exactly like they're supposed to. The problem is our thoughts. And sometimes we think sitting around for days and months, maybe even years about our disappointments, that ain't no big deal. Well, it is a big deal. With every negative thought, we send a negative signal to our emotions. And if we continue in this state for long periods of time, we find ourselves in a rut, depressed and angry. We might not admit that we're angry, but if we're depressed, we are angry. And the answer to overcoming depression is to start with our mind. 
our mind as clear as can be, as alert as possible, with a healthy intake of food, lots of water, staying active and mobile, and a clear mind, a clear mind to think with. We don't want to be dumbing down our mind with too much processed food and sugars and pills and alcohol, smoking, things that put us in a trance as a means of escape. We think it's legal or acceptable that it's not a big deal, but it can be an escape for us. You know, sometimes just taking allergy medicine can do this and make us jittery or irritable, but we want to be as clear as possible and be aware of those things that are affecting us physically. And we want to have a clear mind that can be on the alert and renewed to develop good, healthy thinking patterns that are based on truth that are revealed through the Holy Spirit in us. If you have the Holy Spirit, you have the mind of Christ. And God wants to lead you from the inside out and teach you from his spirit. Satan, who is the God of this world, wants you to think depending on what's happening around you. He wants you to think with your senses, your sight, your sound, the touch, taste, smell, outside in, right? And it begins with your thoughts that feed your emotions, that create the desires in your will. It's a progression. It begins with our thoughts that feed our emotions, that create a desire in our will. And we can listen to the spirit of truth inside of us and trust him to help us think truth. We have the Bible, and because in America we're so blessed, we have any translation in the world at the click of a button. There is absolutely no reason for a child of God indwelled with the Holy Spirit to live a depressed, defeated life. Depending on how you choose to respond to life's issues will depend on how much joy and peace you will experience. America is less than 5% of the entire world's population. We are the most prosperous and affluent, which means we are comfortable and we have got it easy. And yet we take 85 to 90% of the entire world's depression medication. Sounds to me like ease isn't the secret to happiness. We are searching. We want answers. Again, where are we going to go for the answers that we need? Our minds are constantly being renewed by something, either by the world or by God. We need to be on the alert. And God wants to help us believe him. And again, he starts on the inside. And when we trust God, we enter a rest that nothing else can offer. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 11 through 16 says, No one can know a person's thoughts except that person's own spirit, and no one can know God's thoughts except God's own spirit. And we have received God's spirit, not the world's spirit, so we can know the wonderful things God has freely given us. Verse 13 When we tell you these things, we do not use words that come from human wisdom. Instead, we speak words given to us by the Spirit, using the Spirit's words to explain spiritual truths. But people who aren't spiritual can't receive these truths from God's Spirit. 
It all sounds foolish to them, and they can't understand it. For only those who are spiritual can understand what the Spirit means. Verse 15, those who are spiritual can evaluate all things, but they themselves cannot be evaluated by others. For who can know the Lord's thoughts? Who knows enough to teach him? But we understand these things, for we have the mind of Christ. 1 Corinthians 2, 11 through 16. We have the mind of Christ. If we have his spirit, we have the mind of Christ. And most counselors are giving human wisdom, but we just saw what Paul had to say about human wisdom. It is not for the Christian. Why would we sell ourselves short? And even if Christian counselors have brought in, you know, the world's psychology, they, sometimes they mix it. They claim to be Christian counselors, but the world's psychology and practices is intertwined. And it is rare to find one that is not, that is not mixing these things and just pointing us to Jesus where our real help is. So if renewing our minds is the answer, how do I start? Where do I begin? I think accepting responsibility for our thought life is the beginning. Realizing that just like I develop negative thinking patterns, I can also develop positive and truthful thinking patterns. It'll take some time, but it's worth it. And I can do it with the help of the Holy Spirit. And I believe the next thing we need to do is understand the new covenant. If we don't understand the new covenant and the complete total, no more to get, paid in full, more than enough forgiveness that Jesus has provided, and the total and complete forgiveness that you and I are not a disappointment to God because of it, we got to get that. We got to get it. They, we haven't let him down in any way. God is not disappointed in us. He's not disappointed in our weaknesses. Jesus took care of that at the cross. He paid it in full and he sat down. Done. Finished. And I think understanding this is critical to living lives full of hope and promise. Paul said in Romans 3, 23 and 24, Everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. Yet God in his grace freely makes us right in his sight. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty of our sins. Romans three twenty three and 24. We see God did for us what we couldn't do for ourselves. It can only come by his grace. We can't offer or add to this work. It's perfect. It was completed and it's finished. First Peter three eighteen says, Christ suffered for our sins once for all time. He never sinned, but he died for sinners to bring you safely home to God. He suffered physical death, but he was raised to life in the spirit. Isn't that beautiful? He died to reunite us with our father by removing sin, sin for the entire world and offering his life to those who respond and say, yes, I want that. I believe that is true. Some people want to teach and believe that we need to ask for forgiveness over and over and over. But this puts a wedge between us and God. And it keeps us from experiencing the intimacy that is available when we believe God and we believe what he has said in his son. 
Colossians 2.13, God says, When you were dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins. How much more clear can it be? Our sins are forgiven. Move on. Grow up. Mature. Leave behind the elementary teachings of Christ. Also, we must believe that we are righteous because Christ made us righteous. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, He, God, made him Christ who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf. Why? So that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ. 2 Corinthians 5.21 Christ has given us his righteousness and no matter how we feel, this is the truth. We cannot call God a liar and think that he hasn't done the things that he's clearly stated that he has accomplished in his son. Again, this is the truth. And when we believe that truth, that truth will feed our emotions with confidence and love and security and acceptance, not this rejection and fear. Thinking we are unrighteous brings on. We have to believe God. He said in John 15, 9, this is Jesus. He said, as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. Are you remaining in his love? Remember, perfect love casts out fear. And God wants us to believe him. And he wants us to accept this love in our hearts and in our minds. And it to be a reality. And if we do not believe God regarding his unconditional love and acceptance, we are not going to be able to recover from depression and anxiety. We must believe these truths because this truth will set us free. Jesus fulfilled the law. Another thing we couldn't do. There's no longer any sacrifice for sin. And there's no condemnation for those of us in Christ, Romans 8.1. Ephesians 1.7 says that in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace. Ephesians 1.7. Who can help us if we won't take him at his word? If we won't believe these things? We are redeemed. We are forgiven. We are perfectly righteous. Why? Because Christ did that for us. And 1 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has gone. The new, well, the new is here. Brand new life, brand new nature. The old is gone and the new is here. Let's not drag disappointments and hopelessness into our new lives in Christ. Wow, this inheritance, this hopeful inheritance that we have been blessed with. Can we just believe it and be happy? Well, I hope so. I hope you can believe it and be happy. Because again, we have a brand new life. So to wrap up this first session on overcoming and conquering depression as a segue, kind of a leg that is an extension from the last episode, but beginning, and I don't know how many episodes it's going to be, but we're going to address this depression and anxiety. And we're going to shine the truth of God's word right on his dirty little lies. And Satan, his game is going to be over. So again, we're going to wrap this up right now and talk about what we need to believe to overcome and conquer depression. And we have to ask ourselves the question, do I want to get well or do I like my depression? Am I afraid to let it go? Second, 
How realistic are you with your expectations of people and the world that you live in? Are you setting yourself up for disappointment and discouragement by not accepting people the way that they are and not thinking that you need to change them into the version that you think they should be? Third, do you want the wisdom of the world that comes through counselors or medication or self-help and care, or do you want the wisdom that comes from Christ? Where are you going to choose to go for your answers? 1 Corinthians one thirty says that it is because of God that you are in Christ Jesus, who has become for us wisdom from God. That is our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. Christ is your wisdom. And if you are saved, he is in you. And lastly, are you willing to accept the responsibility for your thought life and responses to life? Can you quit blaming others and just accept the responsibility that you're like you are because of the way you have responded and not blame others because of the way you are? Can you take back the responsibility for your condition in your thinking patterns, in your desires, in your emotions? When we do that and we begin to accept reality and make the changes necessary in our thought patterns, you know, we will become so much healthier. We will be full of hope. And it may sound too good to be true. And I agree, it does sound too good to be true. But nevertheless, it is. It's an incredible thing that God has done in His Son. And if this is our focus, we will get to that place of awareness that Christ is in me and that He provides everything that I need. And I can really experience those promises that I read about in the scriptures. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. I hope you join me next week as we talk about depression and anxiety some more and how to walk in the freedom that's available to us. Thank you so much for joining us today for our Grace at Last podcast. We hope you learned a truth that will set you free and keep you living in the it is finished promise Jesus declared at the cross. Go to lastministry.org to learn more about who we are and what we're all about as we share this incredible inheritance God has given us in His Son.